Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back with Megan Doherty to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are doing Loki Season 2. It is a rollicking, great show, lots of action, some fabulous sci-fi. Of course, Loki the Trickster and Tom Hiddleston, the actor who plays him in all his glory. Owen Wilson also co-stars, and the repartee between the two of them is first rate. I know you'll enjoy Megan and my exploration of Loki Season 2. Take up the show from several angles. From the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy our exploration of Loki Season 2. Today, Megan and I take up Episode 4, a time-bending romp entitled The Heart of the TVA. I know you'll enjoy this episode. As we begin this episode, Miss Minutes reveals to Renslayer that in the past, Renslayer commanded He Who Remains Army and proposed that Renslayer lead the TVA jointly with him. Then He Who Remains had Miss Memory, Miss Minutes, erase the memories of Renslayer and all other TVA employees. As the temporal loom reaches, catastrophic failure, Loki and his allies attempt to use Timely and Obi's throughput multiplier to fix it. It is revealed that the source of Obi's knowledge is Timely himself, creating an ontological paradox. Renslayer and Miss Minutes attempt to take over the TVA, approaching the detained General or Wolf, General Dox, and her loyalists for help. Only Wolf agrees and Dox and her loyalists instead choose to be crushed to death by Miss Minutes. Wolf prunes Hunter D-90 and kidnaps Timely. While staging a rescue, Sylvie and Loki encounter his time-slipping past, and Loki prunes his past self. Obi deactivates Miss Minutes and the TVA's magic suppression devices. This enables Sylvie to enchant Wolf, controlling him to prune Renslayer. Timely is rescued and is able to restore access to the temporal loom, but the loom's increased temporal radiation spaghettifies him, literally, before he can launch the throughput multiplier. The temporal loom explodes and the blast wave spreads towards Loki, Mobius, Sylvie, B-15, Casey, and O.V. back in the TVA. Megan, you told me last week that episode four would blow me away, and it did. Why? Well, I, I don't even know where to start other than just wow. Uh, I felt like I was on a time roller coaster that didn't stop. How about you? Uh, pretty similarly, I think, uh, especially right at the beginning of the episode in what was, to me, and I'm sure the vast majority of the other women watching this show, the least surprising plot twist of all time occurred when Victor or Kang or he who remains got rid of the assistant who had helped him or the partner who had helped him do so much work, build everything and wiped her memory to rule everything solo. 
that, that just smarted. So it does make a lot of sense, and I thought it explained a lot about the TVA. Sometimes I had trouble following on. There were so many different things, almost different, I don't want to say different timelines because we were in one timeline, but there were so many different strands that were going on in this. I don't know why the Doc strand really impacted me. Mm-hmm. Where she flipped, I don't. I'm not sure she felt any remorse for murdering billions or millions or however many she killed when she blew up those timelines uh, in episode two. Uh, but uh, she seemed ready to go to stop what was going on now and willing to die for that. And her what a great parting line, too, right? Yeah. That how do you feel knowing we'd rather die than follow you out that door? Ooh. It hit right. home, too. Uh, so I thought that was great. I really, uh, I love the inexorable time loop wanderings. And we had that with Timely and Obi, with Obi built the handbook for the TVA based on what Timely gave him. But query, how did Timely give it to him if he hadn't created it yet? Those paradoxes I just love. Oh, and um, how cute were they? <laughs> I, that, that was just, it was so adorable. I loved that. We did see a side of Timely there that I really enjoyed because you're right. He was cute and he was adorable. He clearly can geek out with the best of them when called upon to do so. And if you can't geek out with Obi, you don't, you're not breathing. When you start pruning yourself, or I should say variants of yourself, I get a little uneasy because what happens if you prune the wrong variant in a <laughs> Or are you the variant, and are you pruning the real you? I was pretty shocked when Loki pruned himself, or at least a variant of himself. That was the part I didn't quite follow. I wasn't quite able to track why there were two Lokis. (laughs) I guess I've just realized now that he is a variant throughout time, Mm -hmm. and that's really as far as I can get. It was, I don't want to say I've seen evolution in him, But if you go back to where he started with the first Thor and Mm -hmm. obviously New York and the Avengers, the battles between he and Thor and Asgard and all of the crappy things he did Mm -hmm. to his brother and others, he's a very different Loki. He is very different. First, I wondered, has Loki evolved or is this a variant that literally went in a different direction. Any thoughts? Again, I, again, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't understand where the other came from, unless maybe it was from mm. one of the very earliest episodes when he was time slipping. Maybe there was a duplication at some point, but I, I couldn't quite understand why he was there or why he needed to be pruned. That was the only thing in the episode I didn't really get. And I had always assumed Loki was a god. A Norse god, to be sure, but a god, and that's why he had powers beyond what you and I have. It wasn't magic, it was actual godlike powers. Mm-hmm. And But this episode, and a lot of the commentary, really seemed to center around, or at least circle, magic as a skill and tool of Loki and of Sylvie, and how they survive, may have survived the explosion because of magical abilities. Was he using magic way back when? 
against his adopted brother Thor, or did he have godlike powers? He's always had the ability to enchant, right? That's always been one of right. Loki's abilities. And I thought the are they gods conversation, because he and Sylvie talked about that, right, when they were discussing what to do about the TVA and making the decision about should these extra timelines be pruned or should we leave them, and that is playing God, and he's just, we are. Who better? Uh, I thought that was, it was one of my favorite moments, actually, when Loki says, we are God. Somebody has to make this decision. A decision has to be made. Maybe they are the ones who should do it. Uh, another question raised was about Victor Timely's willingness to enter the temporal loom. And that seemed to me to be almost a fait accompli that, or even destiny. He has to do that. He, his mind and his aura created it, and he's the only one who can survive going into it. And I really see a direct line from Victor to he who remains. Is that an open question for you at this point? It must be another variant because at the end of this episode, and what I found was a really shocking way to end, he went from bold, noble gesture to spaghetti in four or five seconds. So I think there, there must have been another instance. There must be another variant because I think the sweet man who was so charmed by a cocoa machine... I have trouble squaring with the master at the end of time. He did. Coco Machine made a very big impression. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Thinking about the, where he grew up in what looked like a, a difficult area of Chicago at that time under what could not have been the, the terrible racism at the time. Labor to do anything was so difficult. I guess just the thought of he never had the money to like employ servants to make him cocoa. So just the thought of being able to press a button and get this lovely, luxurious drink must have been delightful. What about Renslayer and Miss Minutes? I found, of all the characters in this episode, the most, to me, consistent and logical with literally everything she did or happened to her was Miss Minutes. She was an AI. She evolved. She gave us information we didn't have before. Maybe you suggested it wasn't too surprising. (laughs) And then she gets turned off. Of course you can shut her down. And... Obese says, oh, yeah, I can do that. Why did you ask me before? (laughs) Of course I can do that. How did you find, or did any of that surprise you about Miss Minutes in this episode? What got me about Miss Minutes in this episode was right at the beginning when she's about to show Renslayer the little video of her being betrayed by He Who Remains. She took a scan of the room. It almost seemed like to pull out that information or that scene from... Uh, And it made me wonder what kind of surveillance the TVA has on the timeline and every possible timeline. And is just a function of reality being recorded and stored in a database accessible to Miss Minutes. And there are the godlike powers (laughs) to, to have all of that information. So I thought that was the most interesting thing. If kind of Miss Minutes having knowledge of you is a foundational element of the universe. I thought it was a fun idea. But that she could be turned off. By OB, you're right. It's a really big conflict, isn't it? Yeah. And why do you think she told Renslayer? Was it, I almost thought it was, at first it was something less than genuine. It was really designed to hurt Renslayer. And I thought, maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's one girl to the other. This is what he did to you. Is this something else? I think he treated both of them shabbily. And I think Miss Minutes has her own agenda. I don't get the sense that she would hate sharing power as much. I don't think that she, I think she 
It's lonely being an AI. I bet having a partner that you can work with, I can see the appeal there. I just want to, I don't hate the idea of them taking over the TVA and ruling the galaxy together. I'd read that fan fiction. (laughs) We'll have to see because Renslayer was also pruned. Yes. And (laughs) maybe Miss Minutes caused that to happen. I assume the gang is going to survive in some form. The blast, of course, we don't know that because it's a cliffhanger. But I just thought the ending was great. And we've only got a couple more left, so they're going to have to wrap it up pretty quickly. But I just thought it was literally some of the best science fiction I have seen recently and the best science fiction to date in this season two. It it was very interesting. I, I, I loved this episode, as I mentioned last week, and I've just got one more point for this one. So the agent or the Minuteman who pruned Renslayer had the little glow, the magic, like the impacted by magic glow in his eyes, but it was blue and not right. green. It was not a Loki glow. So where did the glow come from? That's an excellent pickup. For those who haven't seen it, all I can say is get yourself in front of a television. Good episode. It's a great episode. It really sets up. I think we're going to have just a slam bang ending to this. So we're going to absolutely adore. So with that, I am Tom Fox. I'm Megan Dorton. See you next time. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. I hope you'll join Megan and I as we explore all six episodes of Loki Season 2. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.